Give me the green light. Give me just one night. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go. Welcome, everybody, to episode 72 of the Greenlight Podcast. POC and Man Bun E. Frage back Chill. at it, baby, with the Manny. Euro, it's the Euro, Euro flow. I got too much. Uh, I got Kyle Guy, freshman year, Virginia vibes going right now. If that, if that, uh, if you're listening to this and if that intro doesn't make you stop and go to the YouTube channel to see this Man Bun right now, then I don't know what will. Uh, all right, let's jump in, man. We got a loaded episode. We got a lot to get through. Starting off with a not fun topic at all. Uh, you know, Greg McDermott, Creighton uh, head men's basketball coach, made just – I think what I'm so confused about more than anything is that it's not a saying at all. Like, it's just – it's so confusing why that would come out. It's almost like a disturbingly bad Freudian slip. We're like, why would you say the word plantation? Why is that even in your, yeah. Why is that in your vocabulary? Why is that in your vernacular to begin with? Like, why are you thinking about that? And so anyway, if you have, it's not an everyday, it's not, I mean, I maybe in another part, I mean, who no. knows? It's not, I, it's not a, like an everyday term. It's not like you're saying in history books. Like, in history books that's about yeah, it. Maybe, and yeah. I mean, it's not, it's different. Like don't quit your day job or whatever, like whatever that, like those simple, like things like that, like not, I mean, so anyway, use, no, if you, if you, yeah, if you've been living under a rock, um, McDermott made a statement after a, a loss a week or so ago at this point, maybe two weeks that he, he can't have anyone running off the plantation or leaving the plantation, which, yeah, listen, I, you know, I don't think you need uh, Ian and myself to explain why that's not an okay thing to say for all of the obvious reasons. It isn't. Um, I, th- I think that's just what I'm so shocked about is like, that's not even, it, it, it's no one would say that. No one should ever say that. Right. Yeah. The, exact quote, the exact quote was, I need everyone, everybody to stay on the plantation. I can't have anybody leave the plantation uh, using a term evocative slavery in the Annabelle South. That's like, I mean, I, I, I don't want to try and like put words in his mouth. He, he cho- obviously chose those words, but like, especially saying I can't have anybody leave the plantation is even more so it's like I'm running the plantation like you guys got to stay with me like I just don't know how in 2021 that's just whatever it's the same I immediately the first thing I thought back to was John Beeline with the Cavs and saying oh a bunch of playing like a bunch of thugs and then trying to it, at least it, like Greg McDermott at least didn't hide from this like John, like John Beeline's and oh, I meant to say slugs and I said thugs, which just clearly is not true. Um, I don't know. If I we just don't know why to... that's in your vocabulary or like why you're even thinking that. All right. So, yeah. And so now as of, I think literally today, earlier this afternoon, yep. he has been reinstated. Reinstated. Dermot. So he yep. took a what? Five days suspension? Maybe. I believe so. And Maybe. yeah, they, he didn't coach this weekend. And Zagorowski came out. They won 90. They killed Butler on Saturday, 93 to 73. 
um, their assistant. It was Alan Huss or Alan Hughes was, 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 uh, was coaching, but it says athletic director, Brad Rasmussen and university president had discussions with players and their parents, former players, as well as recruits as other stakeholders. Um, and, and so basically, and he said, I mean, the AD said the plantation was egregious and has absolutely no place in our society. His remarks have caused significant hurt to many of our campus and, our, and in our community. Um, and so, I mean, yeah, maybe he's right. He, I mean, he's right back. And, and Zegarowski was supportive of him. He's like, that's my guy. That's my leader. That's all those things. And it, I just wonder like how much timing has to do with this, like being like they are ranked. What, what are they? 17th? No, they're even higher. They gotta be in high. Yeah. 17th ranked in the country and they're heading into the big East tournament. You're heading in the NCAA tournament. Obviously anything more than like what just happened, I think could really rock the boat. could really like, could really hurt obviously anything. And I, I feel like I'm not saying that he needed to be punished more. I'm not saying he'd be punished less, but it did seem just like, okay, we're going to try and get through this the rest of the season. If anything more needs to be done, we'll handle it after the season. Those were, that was the impression that I kind of got. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't even know if we want to go down this route. Uh, it's just interesting to then that you brought up the beeline thing, because to me, what McDermott said is way worse. Um, yes, I could, totally hundred percent. And now McDermott's back. And I'm not saying that that got Beeline fired because Beeline, I mean, it was after two years. It, he had already, Beeline had already lost locker room. And yeah. I think this was something that it was kind of, yeah, it was. That was the, that was the final straw for sure. Um, so it's a different situation. I mean, Beeline's going for the first time NBA gig. And, you know, I, if, if Beeline says thugs and in the Michigan locker room, does he get, does he, does he keep his job? You know, I don't know. Um, to be honest with you, man, it's a tough, it's just a brutal situation to be in if you're the president or the AD to make this type of decision. Um, you know, I, I thought the players had a, had a good response to it in terms of like coming out and, and saying that obviously, yes, this really bothered them. Um, but again, like we don't know what's being in what's being said in that locker room and like how the players are really responding and, and, and if they want to back, I can, I, here's what I can guarantee you. If the players, well, I, I can't guarantee you what I think. If the players went to the AD and said, we're done and we're not playing for this dude, then he would have been fired. That's exactly. I think, I think you're, you're spot on about that. I think that definitely, um, I don't want to say saved his job, but I, I mean, it was, it was pretty clear. They came out, they came out in support of him and that's their, that's their guy. I'm curious. I mean, this is literally a lot. I'm looking at um, basically right now. I'll pull this up and see if we can put in this audio of Ed Cooley um, and his response to it. So that's, I, th I thought that was interesting because he basically he's not he, he's and they got to get he's, he's not diminishing like what was done. He was basically like what I, my takeaway from that was, yeah, there's probably going to be consequences. There should be. He's got to get through them. And it's like if he if it's completely broken things up, um, I mean, it's it's, it's tough. But I think he, he he probably knows Greg McDermott as a, as a, as a person. Yeah. He's probably like, I, 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 he probably doesn't think he's a racist person. But I, but I think that 
from my viewpoint of that, that Cooley thinks he's like, yeah, they probably, there should be some repercussions, which there were. And I think it's interesting to see just, I mean, Twitter and you've got, I was like Jamel Hill and things like, wait, who use, and that's, that's the common thing I've seen is like, who even uses that term? Like, is that a term that's used in everyday life? It's like, why would that even be in your vocabulary um, to begin with? But I, I do think it seems like, I don't know. The one thing that will be that, really that interesting is if Creighton makes a big run. Yeah, I'm happy with that. I mean, I, I think he didn't say like he didn't outright demand, hey, he needs to be suspended. He doesn't, but he's like, yeah, that's tough. Like, it's a really, yeah, I mean, it's a thing that should not have I, I happened. Think, I think, um, and look, we'll, we, we don't want to go down a rabbit hole here now with like cancel culture, but I, I do think we've kind of gotten away from as a society the fact that two things can be true. Like McDermott can be, and look, I, look, I'm not saying one way or the other, but I'm saying McDermott can be a really good person who made a, just an egregious, awful, dumb, ignorant mistake. Both yeah. of those things can be true, um, but neither of them can be true too, right? Like he could be a horrible guy. I, I don't know him. You know what I'm saying? I have no idea, yeah. but I think we've gotten away from that point. It's just like black and white, right? Like, He's, he's horrible. He needs to be fired. That's it. Get rid of him. And, and, and maybe, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's, it's I think whatever I mean, the it's, players want, whatever the players want. Yeah. And that's, what's so weird. And we, the last thing I'll say on this and we brought about is like Greg Marshall and how yeah. most people, and this is obviously a different scenario, but like players were like, yeah, you know what? Like this wasn't right. He was, he was abusing players. You heard this. Yeah. And as much as like you look at, and I think the best example that was Ron Baker and he was saying, goes this man that is like responsible for my career is like helped build me as a basketball player, like separate. And as you know what, like he did things that were wrong and I had to like get past that and be like, you know what, like for the betterment of anyone to come after me for all the people that went through that stuff, they really, he didn't have to, it was, I'll speak out about it, which I mean, it was tough to do. Um, but like I said, I it probably, I think the fact that it's not, Oh, this is a, this is something that's happened over and over. This is not something that has been um, a repeated, like it sounds like this is like a one instance, which once again, cancel culture. I, I don't think it's hey fire him, but the, last, the most interesting thing is if they do make a big run, if they get to a sweet 16 elite eight, I mean, of course they make a final four, it's massive, but like how much is this story going to just continue to grow and grow and grow? Yeah. You can already will see more that. outrage and more outrage like come from it. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E dot com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. Um, all right, man. You lead the way with JMU. They got uh, they got hosed. I mean, we last man. We we left off uh, last episode talking about how great of a job um, that Mark Byington has done in his first year from um, 
Georgia Southern. Um, literally turned them around. They were predicted ninth, so second to last in the CAA. They finished – they won the regular season, um, which a program that for the past, like, five years had been – I don't think even gotten close to the top half of the league. So turned them around. They had a really, really unfortunate injury. Uh, Matt Lewis, their best player, senior, I think top five all-time leading scorer at the school, towards ACL a couple weeks ago. And then – Best case scenario, though, they, they're hosting the CAA tournament at home this year. Just because of COVID, they're doing on-site, brand-new arena. They're hosting at JMU. They're the one seed. They're playing Elon uh, as the eighth seed. Elon was down 15, came all the way back. Uh, so, JMU, obviously, it's not just this one call, I think, that you can say attribute the loss to. But it's a one-point game. There's a technical foul called on JMU for a player who got hit, scored, and a player yells, and one. And listening to Byington's comments, he says literally something that's yelled probably a hundred times in a game. I mean, if you go to a pickup and just yell, and one, it's constant, nonstop. Everyone yells, and one. And the rumor, this is not 100% confirmed. Basically, Byington's like, what did he get teed up for? And he said, it was like, he said, said, and one. He goes, so we're teeing guys up for saying, and one. And Jamie Lucky, who was the one that teed him up first, the, the referee, said, we are today. That was apparently the response was, we are today. Which, okay, one-point game. Now, technical, they take lead. Right after that, about next possession down the floor, Elon gets hit. Calls and they call an and one. They get the bucket, call the and one. Byington is probably two, three feet outside of the coaching box, like steps ahead of him. He can't get the, co- the ref's attention. Uses zero profanity. Uses uh, completely, I don't want to say calmly, but he's yelling. He said, that's the same call as down here. The ref, a different ref. Um, who is actually ironically from Harrisonburg, Virginia, and from the area, local guy, um, Comer, last name Comer, um, turns around and tees him up and, the re- and, and for being outside the coaching box, for literally just saying that's the same call as down here. So immediately we go, it's a base of five points. And they go from what up one to down three. Um, we're down, actually down five. And it's like a five-point swing with a minute and 15, minute 10 left in the game. Completely. That is the I've never seen more of the referees literally taking a game like that and just turning it on a dime. So JMU then loses um, after the game. There's like they wait like an hour and a half for the officials to put out a statement of like, okay, what was the second technical for? And he said for being outside the coaching box. It's unbelievable that you can. Which give is technically second, true. Yeah, but, but it's, it's unbelievable that you could give a second technical and like not give the reason right then. The fact that they yeah. had to then like release a statement, it's like, guys. And it, it was like they had to kind of maybe they had to check and then cross their T's out their eyes to make sure it was like, hey, we because he, he didn't say anything wrong. Like he there's nothing he can. It was they basically fell back on. He was two steps outside the coaching box, which happens nonstop. Like think, it was not like. Yeah. Yeah. I think what's so frustrating, man, is that refs don't need any more training on what's a foul. To me, like, yeah, sure. They could be more consistent without a doubt. Refs need training on how to be a human being. Refs need training on how to communicate with a coach. Refs need training on stop taking this shit personal. It's not about you, right? Refs need training on how to get yelled at and, and still not react. And this is like coaches have things that are in their toolkit and what they do to get their team going. And part of that is working the officials. That's why working the officials is an actual term the officials working the game is not a thing right like and exactly what you said that's a perfect example of a ref inserting themselves into the game and literally i mean 
I don't know. Anything could happen, but probably fundamentally changing the outcome of that game, right? I mean, I think we're. I mean, okay it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it just and their statement, the exact statement from the CAA commissioner Jody Antonio on the foul called after consultation with the officiating crew. The conference learned that the technical foul was called because the head coach was outside of the coach's box while arguing a call. Well, the the call happened on the complete other end of the floor under the basket. So the closest ref to or ref to him wasn't even at the scorer's table. So for him to communicate, he instead of just yelling, shouting, he steps like a two, like two, three feet and just says, that's the same call. And they turn around and call that, which happens literally every single game on every single play. Well, first of all, we I don't even know if we've yelled uh, at the refs enough for calling a, a technical on an and one. Like you I, said, I mean, like they, it, that you can't do that. People, we te- we say and one the whole game. So you, you just can't, you fundamentally can't do that. And it's one thing is like you said, and one, if you flex and look over them, like that's one thing. But literally yeah, the guy and just one like and then like it. swore at somebody or, oh, fine, but. Come on. And, and yeah. And so, and the last thing I'll note on this actual well, two things, one, the referee that gave Jamie lucky that gave the one for calling and one, it's the only referee to give Tony Bennett a technical in his 11 years at Virginia, he's received one technical. It was from Jamie lucky. So no same ref, way. same ref. What did um, that do? Wow. That's amazing. And apparently he yelled, he ran to like mid court and same thing out of the coaching box, except Bennett ran to like mid court, took his jacket off and was like yelling for a foul. Um, and then two, and there's also no video evidence of it. Apparently it's been wiped from the internet. So Tony Bennett is a saint and I'll stay that way. But two, wow. um, the interesting thing, which is actually, I think is even more of this JMU for a long, they, they were, I would say a founding member of the CAA, but when the CAA was, VCU, ODU, George Mason, strong, strong conference. JMU was always part of it. They were in the lower end, but now the conference looks a lot different and they've been trying to leave for years because of F because they want to go FBS football. They have a strong powerhouse football program. And this clearly is not saying that this is like a backbreaker. They're really, they're looking for somewhere to go. That's been the holdup, but this is just, it's almost one of those things people are kind of insinuating. It's like, as a CAA office, like, telling the refs to swing this game to screw JMU because they know they're on their way out or trying to leave and they don't want them to go down a conspiracy. Which I'm all here for that type of conspiracy <laughs> any day you want to talk because, but it is, I mean, I'm not going to look that deep into it, but it's, that's, I mean, it's, it's honestly one of those things like why else I've never, ever seen, and especially in a conference tournament game where the one seed where normally you would think is the opposite. You want your top team to be your best team going to NCAA tournament. So you have the best chance at winning a game. Usually in the you don't want your eight seed beating your one seed in the quarterfinals of the conference tournament. I mean, that's personally, if you, if you look at it that way, I think if the conference of anything, they would want their one seed. So it is very, very odd. And just all the different things that line up the second referee being from Harrisonburg and having a bad uh, reputation as it is the first ref already being a guy that like is teeing up people for ridiculous things. And then the fact that JMU has been trying to leave the conference and then it, it, I feel bad for JMU and that's why I'm repping them today. Hopefully I don't think because the NIT is not as big this year, I don't think they're going to be able to get in, which sucks. Um, but once again, I mean, Byington, I think is best decision that uh, in terms of a head coach hire, I think it's probably the, honestly, if you look at last year's hires um, of anybody, there weren't a ton. Um, I, I would easily say, I think it's probably the best hire in college basketball. If you could just look on a, on a, on a, on a macro level, I mean, yeah. no one, no one else has taken their team from predicted like second to last and to literally first place just like that. So yeah. give him, his, give him his roses. Yep. 
no doubt. Um, all right, let's switch gears to the University of Arizona, the players program. Uh, well, we finally know what the NCAA has actually alleged Arizona of doing. So that's good. Um, two interesting points here. So it's, it's unbelievable. The, the fact that this is falling on two assistant coaches, book Richardson and Mark Phelps. But, uh, so some of the, um, the infractions are unethical recruiting conduct, uh, unethical conduct by Richardson for accepting bribes, unethical conduct by Phelps for asking a UA player to delete texts and then head coach responsibly for uh, responsibility for Sean Miller for not demonstrating he promoted compliance, which I thought went away back in the UConn days when that, that whole... <laughs> and then again, this last bullet point, lack of institutional control against Arizona for the actions of the men's basketball and swimming programs. The swim program is a <laughs> two level two violations. I mean, what the hell is the swimming program doing? Um, so with what how is- much does it suck if you are, I mean, not to, not to paint it like, but like, if you're like the program and it's like all these things get uncovered just because like the basketball coach, like you, you've maybe like, they're going diving deep in these investigations in oh, the school. Nice, and it's just deep. like, nice. It's crazy. I mean, it's just, it's like, because Sean Miller is running the, a players, literally a players program. And it's like, all right, well, we got to wipe everything clean. It's like, oh, well, now those, these little things come, things come out about swimming and diving. It's I know. I know. But, okay, so this this part was super interesting, though. And what's not in there is anything related to uh, the DeAndre Ayton stuff and the $100,000 yeah, and the federal wiretap and the FBI, which got Bulk Richardson arrested. So w- what? What? After all it makes this time? Zero sense. This this we this guy got fired, chastised, and and okay. and he got crushed. I mean, lost his career. Now now he's. You know, not, I'm not saying lost his career, but you know, he's in New York City coaching the Gauchos. It's like, what are we doing? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's really unbelievable. I I think the one thing that's interesting about Mark Phelps is as accused of providing an impermissible $500 loan to an Arizona player, instructing a then men's basketball player to delete a text message related to an NCAA violation and knowingly providing false or misleading information to the institution and NCAA enforcement staff and directing an Arizona player to assist in the recruiting of two potential recruits. Um, The other last thing I'll say that is an interesting part about this is the school argued, basically they didn't want to put all this stuff out there that for like, um, to like ESPN, they argued that the nose of allegations would violate the NCAA's confidentiality rules and subject the school to sanctions, all these different things. So they're like been trying still to this right now, like trying to hide all this stuff. And if I'm Arizona, I don't know if this is like the AD trying to save his job, whatever it is, you got Sean Miller class one violation. You've obviously got you on this far. Don't you want to just get out? Like after the season ends, like, just wipe clean. Like, you know what? Take your lumps. Do what Louisville did. Like, you know what? Chris Mack, smartest man in the room, got a contract that's for every year that they have a postseason ban. He gets an extra year on his contract. You know what? Be done with Sean Miller. Move on because the program's trending in the wrong direction. The Pac-12 is not that good. You can find someone else to come in, rebuild, reinvigorate the program, and just take your lumps, sit out your season, and then move on. Like, I don't understand. I don't think that I mean, Sean, Sean Miller still doesn't, does he, he doesn't have a final four at Arizona anyways, does he? Great. There's no way he can't. I, I think he guys eat eights. I don't think he does. So you know what? Like I get it. There's risk there, but no, if I'm in Arizona, right. I, I move on. I, it's, it's, you know what? Like, let's be done with this. Let's stop lingering. Cause it's never, that cloud will always be there. And at least, at least Louisville now, like 
there's a new air about the program. Like Chris Mack, it's like, no it's different. It's now they still had the postseason bands. They still have stuff looming or whatever, but it's, you know what? Those are the old days. If you're Arizona, that will never go away until Sean Miller is gotten past. I mean, the like, you're, past. you're right. The president came out and said, he's our coach. Uh, Which I amazing. can't believe. Amazing. I mean, can't believe. you want to, there's, there's gotta be a crowd. You know what sport, uh, you know what Ohio U sport ad should add to the uh, curriculum is how to survive a scandal and just bring Sean Miller in. Um, Sean Miller. Oh, you can have uh, Will Wade as an adjunct professor just to, to come give a, uh, a, a quick lesson. I mean, it's, 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 it is unbelievable. That's what should be taught in uh, grad school. Um, all right. Hit us with this uh, Georgia Tech stat, because when you sent that, I could not believe it. I could it's not. It's pretty wild stat. I feel like, and we've talked about Georgia Tech a decent amount. We've talked about Josh Pastner a whole lot, um, which is, is this is obviously not helping our argument, but it's just the most wild stat I could have ever assumed. So since 1990, 1991, so uh, 30 years, in the past 30 years, Georgia Tech has finished above 500 in the ACC just four times. Josh Pastner, two of those seasons. Bobby Crimmins, Georgia Tech legend, one. Paul Hewitt, one. Brian Gregory, not surprised by this, zero. So four times and and twice being Josh Pastner in the ACC. When now, and that's what's even crazier, is the ACC is even bigger and harder. You're playing 18-game schedules. You're playing yeah, more right. tough teams. Like Bobby Kremens, you're just playing – like when he was there and Paul Hewitt, there was nine teams in the ACC. Like I cannot believe – like and Josh Pastner, kudos. They're fourth in the ACC right now. They finished fourth. ACC Player of the Year, ACC Defensive Player of the Year. I think he was second in Coach of the Year voting. But the wildest thing about that, Paul Hewitt has as many national championships appearances – as he did 500 records in conference. So wild. Is there anywhere else that you can think of off the top of your head that has to have anything like similar to that? There's no way. Maybe some team in the big 10, but I, you know, you'd, I don't know. It, it, it was wild, man. I but was, we don't I, think as like, we think when you think of the worst programs in the ACC, I think you think basketball wise, I think you think Clemson. I think you think Boston college. I think you think, um, Make? May, well, you hate Wake on a lot more than I do, but I just I don't like Georgia Tech because maybe it's just because they've actually made a national championship. They had guys like Chris Bosch, they had guys like Iman Shumpert, they had Thaddeus Young, they had they've had yeah, good dude. teams. It felt like and Bo- and Bobby Kremens is looked at as like as an ACC legend. Without and Paul Hewitt, like Paul Hewitt, obviously, like he he got fired and it didn't work out. But like there was also, it wasn't like it was an automatic firing. It was, you know what, like, and that was 2000 Paul Hewitt got fired in 2000. Um, or no, he was brought to, yeah, it must've been like 2009. No, you're right, you're right. It was, yeah. it was, it was late to or mid to late two thousands. He got fired. Yeah. So I get that. Like, especially it makes sense then after I think their national championship appearance was what, maybe oh, three oh, or four, but a one. Oh, no, 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 you're right. You're right. You're right. They lost yeah. the in, in Oh four. Yeah. But so that's, so I get like why, but it's, it's pretty wild to think about. I honestly, if you had put, if I, if you, if I had to put money on it before the season, I would have comfortably wagered a high amount that Josh Pastner would not be the Georgia tech coach after this year. He's sticking around, man. It's crazy. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. With his face shield and everything, man. Wild, wild. I would, I can't, uh-huh. it's going to be funny It's Virginia. It'll probably, it's either going to be a, um, well, it could be Syracuse or NC State, whoever wins that, but it'll be matchup Virginia, Georgia Tech in the uh, – it could be in the semis. I would love to I would love to see that again because there's a video last week to try and 
and have them get the double by Josh Pastner's recorded. He's like, come on, Virginia, let's go. Who's I'm the biggest Virginia fan. He goes, I don't know what your fight song is, but I'm singing it. Go who's go who's. And I would just love to have that circulating. Um, once Amazing. again, because he's just such a quirky, weird guy. Yeah, he is. He is. Um, all right, real quick. Iowa, uh, I guess it was a surprise, which is kind of cool, but set to retire Garza's number. And, um, he had a, uh, an emotional end to, uh, you know, his last game at home. And, you know, the, the guy deserves it, man. He's an absolute beast. I can't wait to see uh, how he fares in the NBA, man. Um, you know, right now, March, whatever day it is, eight or nine, you know, I, I don't know if I'm drafting him all that high. Uh, you know, maybe late first, early second, you take a chance on him and, um, mm-hmm just a big body knows how to play good offensively and uh you know he can guard people in the post without a doubt but you know that's not really the modern nba right now so can he extend can he guard the ball screen from 30 feet you know probably not too well so i I just don't know how he does in the nba but uh an unbelievable career i mean he really is i mean he finished with 21 points 16 rebounds he didn't know the coolest thing he was very emotional he didn't expect it at all um, which is one of the things I think it's so cool about college basketball and begin with, you look at like everything these guys pour into it. Um, we'll never get that back. I'm interested. Yeah. NBA is, but what do you think about Iowa though? Going in, I mean, they're 20 and seven, they're four, they're 14 and six in the big 10. Um, I, I love, I still really like Iowa. My, my question is, and I, I still need to actually look this up. It, um, is wise camp back all the way yet? Or is she I'm still not entirely sure? Yeah. I would I'm actually not entirely sure, but it's, I honestly, especially with like now, we'll, we'll use this as a segue and transition into uh, Michigan and Illinois and just Michigan, that I, I honestly, I, we talked about this, like who, who do you think wins the regular season? And we said, and who, uh, I think I've flipped mine now. I think I, th- I think I thought Iowa would win the regular season, but Michigan would make the most noise in the tournament. I actually, now that I was heating up and the way they can shoot the ball, I honestly, if I had to pick one of the scenes, I might even go Iowa to the final four. I think I, had, I think I agreed with you in terms of regular season with Iowa, but I had Illinois to the final four. I remember that's that. Right. You did. You that's, did have that. I just, that's my only I, team that I remember of our – got to go back and listen to our episode when we picked the final fours. Yep. I, it's, it's really interesting because I, I think I, – and I, I, I love Illinois' talent. They've Obviously, they show how they can beat high-level teams – I just think they are susceptible to an upset or a loss at any point as well. Whereas I, I, I think if you're a team, if you struggle, if you don't have size, you're not going to be able to defend Garza or if you struggle shoot, if they get hot from three, I don't know if anybody outside of obviously Gonzaga and, and, and probably Baylor can, can, can beat them. Um, I think they, they have so many different levels. I think they're the best big man in college basketball and outside of Gonzaga, probably the best, the best shooters as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you mentioned, quick transition to Michigan, uh, which I think will still be uh, a, a number one for sure. But they lost two of their last three, including one absolute blowout. And then here we go, man. I know Rothstein, that dude, uh, every, you know, he always likes to tweet January, February, Izzo. But I mean, listen, it's, it's coming true again. Um, Michigan State, I mean, what a ridiculous – I mean, I think they still – I don't know. I, I think they – the last time I looked for uh, bracketology – I'm looking at bracketology right now, yeah. They were the last four in, weren't they? Yeah, they were – right now, um, they've actually moved from the last four in to the last four buys. 
um, so what, which has them yeah. as an 11 seed, an 11 seed, and basically playing maybe a 6-11 matchup against like USC is a similar type thing. I mean, um, listen, man. They also still have Michigan as a one seed as well, and well, Illinois. So two Big Ten one seeds, uh, Baylor and then Gonzaga. Depending on how far they go, because I still think Michigan State probably, well, based on what you just told me, no. But I still think they need to win one in the in the Big Ten tournament to just feel really I good agree. about their about their seed. Um, but depending on how far they go, like if Michigan State messes around and goes to the Sweet 16, I mean, th- will this go down as like Izzo's like greatest coaching performance? Because they were dead to rights in January, man. I, I mean, I I watched them. This was I remember it was the same day as the Duke North Carolina game. I forget exactly who they were playing Nebraska after Nebraska hadn't played for like three weeks. I'm watching them. They look like one of the most abysmal offensive teams I'd ever seen. Like they would stand there. They didn't know what to do with the ball. And Hauser wasn't involved. They really, a lot of these guys weren't doing much. I was so confused. Like how was this team slated to be this good, but they've turned around. Now they play their first game they play Maryland um, 1130 on Thursday in the big 10 tournament which that's, I mean, Maryland now is like after dropping a couple losses, Maryland is creeping towards like bubble status almost. I think they'll still be fine, but like they've lost now, they lost to Penn State and to Northwestern this week. If Michigan State's got all the positive momentum, Maryland's got all the, um, and going the reverse way. And then if Michigan State wins that, they match up against Michigan on Friday. And who knows like, that would be a it, I mean, it, it does. It sets up pretty well for them because if you beat Maryland, I think it, you, I think if they beat Maryland, they get in for sure. If you beat Michigan, then it's like, oh, like watch out. This team could actually maybe like really make some noise. Yeah, no doubt. Um, all right, really quick before we talk about our, our former uh, home Brooklyn Nets, um, Villanova quickly has gone from – you know, a final four contender to who knows what happens with them. I, I still, I don't know if they're the favorite anymore to win the big East uh, conference tournament, but obviously Colin Gillespie is out for the season um, torn ACL, which is brutal. And then uh, more, I think it's still unknown in terms of how severe the ankle injury is. They're just calling it a severe ankle injury, which mm-hmm. uh, is never a good sign. Um, so I don't know, man. Villanova could be bounced early, which is really no fault. It sucks. Yeah, it, it sucks for Gillespie because he's the type of guy. Like he's been there was four years. He's been like the heart and soul of the team. Right now, Bragantology still has him as a three seed, um, and in Baylor's region, honestly, with like I like I can see them. I think like they're still probably potentially like. They're probably still a sweet 16 team. Maybe like, it's just that second. Like, I don't think they're, yeah. I think they're too, I think they're too disciplined to get upset in the first round and they're too high. Like they put too much work in to be, to drop any lower um, than like a four. But I do worry, like you could get a tough, like if they're a three seed and they've, you've got to play, well, say they drop to a four seed, say they don't do well in the tournament. And then you've got a five matchup that could be like a Florida state. Or you've got a five matchup that could be a like could be Creighton, obviously. Colorado, even Virginia is probably a four-five line. Dude, you just got me so excited for the tournament, though, because we didn't even get to do it. We didn't get to fill out our brackets. I'm just looking. It's it's it's, and that's the thing. It's like so. It's if they get the right. I I have a hard time now, depending on what seed. I feel better if they're if they stay as a three, but I I just have a hard time believing you take that point guard away. That's so critical, especially with what they do. I want to space the floor out. I'm never going to doubt Jay Wright, um, but 
Also, once again, we didn't. What was the year? The year in between their national championships, did they lose second round? They won seventeen. Nah, I don't remember. I I feel like they didn't make a Sweet Sixteen the year after, and I feel like that's that thing. It's either they you lose first weekend or they win a national title. They lose first weekend, <laughs> they win a national title. I can uh, I I. I that's why I, I think if I, if I felt comfortable on saying one thing, I think they, I would probably put money. They win their first game in the NCAA tournament. They bow out maybe in the, in the second round. But I don't know. I still love – I love Jay Wright. Um, really, right. it's ironic. Their defense hasn't been as good. They're 55th in, 55th in defense efficiency, 7th in offense efficiency. I think that offense definitely takes a hit. Um, unless, and I don't know if their defense is good enough to keep them in games. Yeah, dude, you're, 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 uh, you're spot on. So – 2015, they were the one seed. They lost in the second round, well, the third round, technically, um, to NC State. 2017, one seed. They lose in the second round to Wisconsin. 2018, win the championship. 2019, well, 2019, um, they lose to Purdue in the second round. And then, obviously, 2020, we don't know. Um, but you're right. You know, they either lose in the second or <laughs> at least in the last five years. It's, it's, it's either or. I mean, I'd take that if I'm, I'd take that. I don't, I don't care about the sweet 16 banners. You give me a couple national titles. But I think I, just, I, yeah. I mean, we've talked about it a million times. It just goes to show you like how insane the tournament is and why it's the best thing in the world. The um, biggest, last thing I'll say on this, the biggest stat I think that jumps out to me about looking in there right now, Villanova is third in the country and, and often in, in turnover, often turnover percentage second and like getting the ball so when they take care of the ball that's where that's like if you take out gillespie that's what's is like that there's no way i feel like you can hold that level of sustainability of taking care of the ball um when, it, when the ball is in his hands so much to begin with i i think that takes a dip and then your offense efficiency probably takes a dip you got to make up for it somewhere i don't know i mean their defense they really it isn't as great they're 252nd effective field goal percentage so unless they start clamping down you gotta, you gotta compensate somewhere. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, all right, last thing we be, before we give a little brief preview for some conference tournaments is uh, Blake Griffin. Uh, the running joke is he hasn't dunked since 2019. Uh, I wild think, he's gonna, yeah, wild. I think he's gonna be fantastic with the Nets. I think that's exactly what they needed. I think it's the last piece that they needed. Um, I got to Google the actual deal, but I know that they didn't break the bank for him, obviously. Um, so I love it, man. I, I think, um, well, maybe they did break the deal, break the bank. No, it's, it's official. I believe it's official as of yesterday. Um, no, I know, but I'm, I'm trying to look up the um, buyout. I'm trying to look up the actual deal that, that, that he signed. Oh, gotcha. I think it was, um, it wasn't, a, I don't think it was a, the minimum. I think it was maybe, I maybe it was, but I, I, I could be wrong. I know that Brooklyn has a mid-level exception because of the Spencer Dinwiddie injury. Um, but I think the, the most interesting thing for me about this, I mean, the biggest thing they needed help was like post-up like, because at the end of the day, you can't be wasting, obviously DeAndre Jordan has not been very good defensively. Um, they've been trying out Nick Claxton a little bit. They need, post defense i think against their two biggest matchups you'd think would be milwaukee and Giannis, and lakers and ad you can't have ad you can't have kevin durant spending all of his energy trying to guard Giannis. you need someone to be able to do that the interesting thing for me is like Giannis and uh and blake griffin have had a, like a little bit of history they kind of got into it a couple times like 2018 2019 um playing in detroit against milwaukee I would love to see and look, Giannis is 12 and six against Blake Griffin. 
I want to see like stats. I would love to see basically because Blake Griffin's not an incredible defensive player. No, but, he's not. He's not. And but the thing is, that. and it's also not fair to say, oh, he's just a body. But it's someone that like they, I, as someone that has put a um, a stake against someone else of my friends that does not think that Brooklyn will make it out. I felt a lot more comfortable in Brooklyn making it to the finals in in that wager than uh, than I did before. Like I think it's. And maybe who knows, maybe they can still get like if they get a buyout, they can maybe get an Andre Drummond or someone else like that. But um, it's, it's interesting that, yeah, I, I think it's the right move. It's it's there's not a lot of key options out there for defensive post or for post players just in general that yeah. can be an impact. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the biggest thing. I think the biggest missing you have all the offensive options in the world. It's how can we make sure that we're not basically wearing and wearing KD down on the defensive end? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Especially when Katie's barely playing. I don't even really want to talk about Duke UNC. We can talk about it for 30 seconds. I thought that I, I don't know. I'd really have to like actually wrap my mind around a time when a Duke team looked that way in a Carolina game. It's one thing if a Duke team comes out and just like lays an egg against Florida state or Clemson or wake or wherever. I've, I don't think I've ever seen effort like that. And, and when I say effort, I mean lack of. And it was yeah. alarming. Um, I, I, that, that's to me, you know, you lose to Carolina, you lose to Carolina. Last year, Duke swept them. This year, UNC swept them. This is just how this rivalry goes. Um, but just the, there's just no pop, no energy, no in, – in a must-win game, which every single game they play is must-win. Yep. I mean, no- they've lost three straight now. They'll get a win – like – they finished exactly 500 overall and in conference. It's yeah. like, I never thought, and they'll probably, they'll beat BC. They're projected to win by 10 tomorrow. Um, the crazy thing for me, and you look at offensively, they're 16th in Ken Palm offensively. They're 99th in defense. And that's, they don't, like, they, especially they you have talent. You, they can't figure it out. Whatever it is. My biggest, and this is, I kind of, I'm kind of railroading you here because I want to turn this actually, and I'm, throwing you under the bus i just want to ask you a question because it's um and what you think overall just in terms of duke and like where the program not say not where the program goes but you know the last time like duke won an ac a regular season title and the last time they won an outright season title you know how long it's been oh six or maybe ten. Oh, oh six. you're Look at you. You're, you're you doing great. Listen, you're, you're, and you're, I wasn't even oh, there. So 2010 was the last time they won a share. They won a share of the regular season. They yep. split it with Maryland. So that shows you how long it's been. Obviously, Maryland was still in the ACC. 2006 was the last time they won it outright. Yep. Um, now, to sprinkle, sprinkle a little bit of more me uh, on my end, not to, and to hype him up, Tony Bennett's won five of the last eight. Um, four, one of them was a share, but five of the last eight. So in the last, so Duke has won, the last one they won outright was 2006. Is that just a product of like, because that goes past the, like the one and done, like when no doubt. shift, no doubt. what, what is like, and I know they've obviously, I think they've won, I don't know how many tournament titles they've won in that span. Definitely way more, yeah. but like what, I don't know what, if that's just a lack of, if it's, if it's a development thing, if it's a lack of focus. No, like, man, I, I, no, I, I, this, I'm, I'm coming back. It makes sense to me. Yeah, I'm coming back with just a Duke answer. It's it's the spoils of the riches. I mean, the guy won like like 
10 of 12 ACC tournaments and regular season tournament from like 96 to 06. Yeah, 97 to 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2001. That's not um, normal. And then 04, 04 and 06. Yeah, like that's not normal at all. So I, I think we it's just not normal. And yeah, no, I mean, it is a drought though. You know, it's a weird I just think drought. it's weird because like you obviously Duke, they have a 10 national championship. They have the 14 national championship. Um, obviously one in 10, but like North Carolina has one, two, three, four. They've won five times, including one split with Virginia. Virginia's won five times that one split with Carolina. It's just weird that like it's the, it, it, there's not been at least the consistency in the regular season to just power through teams, which yeah, no I think moving last question I'll ask for you moving into next year. Do you feel like what, what, how are you feeling confident? Like with the freshmen that can turn it around, would you have to see like who comes back, who doesn't, what, what, uh, I don't think, they, I don't think they lose too much, man. I think obviously Matt hurts going to go. Um, and that, I really think that's it. Obviously they lose Goldwire as a senior. Um, but man, do they need guys to take real, real jumps? You know what I mean? Yeah. They need, they Which need. we were, we thought they might happen this year, and they just didn't. Like Wendell did not make that jump. Wendell didn't make the jump. Jeremy Roach didn't make the jumps. I love Stewart. I think Stewart's gonna be great. Uh, I like Brakefield. I actually like Brakefield a lot. Yeah, he was so inconsistent, man. He he just like he's still lost out there. He just needs he just needs another year. I I do I agree with you that I think offensively, man. He can Joey work. Baker did not make the jump. Didn't make the jump. <laughs> Um, he just, you know, add to the long list of kind of lost in the sauce white dudes who just can't figure it out. Yeah. Um, sucks. Sucks. Yeah. It's uh, tough. Yeah. Whatever. Are you taking an IT bid? You don't. You can't take an IT bid, right? Man, I would like it. Actually, you know what? No, no, I wouldn't because I don't like watching this team. So, no, I don't want it. Just be done. Yeah. I honestly, you, you said they're going to beat BC. I honestly would just rather rip the Band-Aid off. Because I got to watch two more of these games. And then you know how this works, man. Hope is the dumbest thing that humans do. And we're going to beat BC. And then I'm going to start feeling hopeful. Because I know we're going to look good. And then we're going to get smoked in the next round. By who? So I think this is the last thing we want to talk about anyways. is just tournament preview and yeah, the bracket. Jump into it. Jump into because it. Because I'll pull this up right now. Because I do want to say, I think that I, as a Virginia fan, I am very, very happy with the way the bracket shook out because I think that lower part is way, way tougher um, than the upper tier. So essentially the way that this breaks out, let's pull this up. Um, Virginia somehow gets the one seed and going into Saturday, if you told me that was going to happen, never would have believed you because they needed Florida state to lose the Notre Dame. And then they had to win at, uh, at Louisville. Um, and this is a Virginia team that just really hasn't come, come in and in, into play with, uh, they haven't been playing well. They lost three in a row. Um, I'm looking right now. So Duke plays Boston college, the winner of that game, um, then plays, let's see. So Duke Boston college is the 10, 15. Um, then they would play Louisville. How do you feel about playing Louisville? Not good. Not good. Okay. Playing anybody. If, they, if they played, if they beat Louisville, then they would have to play, um, Florida state, which yeah, it's all, it's over. It's tough. It's over. Um, but what I will say, the interesting thing, I'm pulling up this bracket for the one side of it is obviously the, the one, four side and the one, four it's Virginia, Georgia tech and Clemson on the side. Um, whereas the other it's Florida state, Virginia tech, North Carolina, Louisville. Um, it, it, and now who knows the interesting, I think the most interesting matchup to be to me is ironic. It's Syracuse NC state. Um, is yeah, one of the first that's ones. a tough one. That's a tough one, no because doubt. Because either of those, either of those teams, NC State's already shown it. 
either of those teams can beat Virginia and then either of those teams can beat Georgia Tech. So if one of them does, like, and, and Cle- or Clemson, Clemson or Georgia Tech. So that side, like, I think it's, it's, I, I really couldn't, I, I would have, I have faith that Virginia could, could beat, will beat them and be in the ACC in the championship game. But I would not be surprised if literally Syracuse got hot or NC State continues to play well. I think they've won their last five games um, and like just rattles off a couple wins. And next thing you know, you see it's a Florida State, NC State, ACC championship game. Yep. Yep. No doubt. But um, um, let's go to the Big East. Um, let's see here. So we got Georgetown versus Marquette in a, in a battle of uh, who knows what happens to the head coaches. Um, then we got Xavier versus Butler. Xavier probably gets that one. And then Providence versus DePaul, which Providence should, should beat them. Um, yeah. I mean, what is right now? I don't know how many teams they have in, but I mean, Villanova being the one, um, I don't know exactly. Let's see here. Um, and then Providence would go on to play UConn, which they have beaten. I think they split this year. Yeah. One. one. So I like UConn. I like UConn. They're yeah. playing the MSG. Knight is just a beast, dude. It's just a that's beast. the thing. It's I'm not. He's not Kimba. I'm not saying he's Kimba. I'm not saying that he is uh, Shabazz. But like they're built like those teams. Like like RJ Cole, RJ Cole, and like they have good guard play that can take over. Um, you know, Creighton, I think, is probably the favorite going in. Um, but I also like Xavier. We, I said, we haven't seen Xavier that much. Maybe Xavier can upset Creighton. I think if I had to make any pick, it'd probably be, I would, I would honestly, in being in the garden, I'm going to say, I'm going to predict a UConn Seton Hall final in MSG. And I'm actually going to say UConn gets it done. So you think Villanova is going to get bounced? I think Seton Hall beats Villanova in the garden on, uh, on Friday. It would be a five one. I don't, I think they beat Marquette or Georgetown. But how great um, would it be to be in New York City for that? Oh, oh my gosh! I, and I don't know how many they're letting in or how many they are, and if they're letting anybody in outside of family. But it's going to be a weird, weird feeling because we haven't had any games outside of the Knicks and the Rangers in MSG. Um, so it, it'll be weird. But I just it's something about UConn in the Garden. It's something I, I don't know. I like um, I, I favor the and, and something about Creighton being in the Big East being weird that I just. I don't like, so I'm going yeah. with like the garden nostalgia, old big East of, uh, of Yukon and then Seton hall, uh, which would be, it would be awesome to see Kevin Willard and, um, and Hurley going at it with each other. That would be uh it'd be a primetime matchup for sure. Yeah, it would. Um, all right. Speaking of the big 10, it's funny when we were talking about the ACC, you know, tournament champs last four years, Michigan state, Michigan, Michigan, Michigan state, not a lot of parody there either. And even when you keep going back, Wisconsin, Michigan State, Ohio State, Michigan State, Ohio State, Ohio State. It's like same teams keep winning this thing. Um, well, I mean, the way it shakes out right now, the interesting one, like Penn State, Nebraska, and those teams aren't playing for anything. Minnesota, Northwestern, not playing for anything. Ohio State and Purdue, that's going to be interesting for me because I think Ohio State can beat Purdue. Purdue got the double bye, which is big for them, especially without as much as they've lost over the past couple of years. Um Noel Eastern gone, Matt Harms gone. It just kind of retooled. And the fact they get a double buy in a conference that's that good um, over Wisconsin, over Ohio State, over Rutgers, over like have we have we did good they, for Purdue? I'm kind of, they confirmed Rutgers is in, right? 
I think Lenovo uh, came the, out and has, has them pretty high. So I don't, I, I don't um, think Rutgers has to win a game, but it would make us all feel better if they did. And then, speaking of Indiana, is this it for Archie? I mean, man, it, it was a really interesting article. I think it was, it was, I don't know if it was Pat Forty or who it was, someone SI wrote that article, like, it's time to move on. And they also even named his successor. They, it was, uh, they not only said, hey, it's time for Archie to go, they said, hey, it's time to um, – to bring uh, Scott Drew back to the, the Hoosier state, which um, I mean, and then they all they threw out there once again, whenever Indiana opens or is conspiracy, they throw Tony Bennett's name out there, not realizing like no. you guys have one Tony Bennett. We've talked about this. Tony Bennett's wife or not wife. His sister was the women's coach at Indiana and got fired. So like, Oh yeah, let me step in that spot. And two, he's making $4 million a year in Charlottesville. You're going to have to basically double that. And then he's going to have to commit to another rebuild. Where he's well, been yeah, well, that's, years. It. that's it. That's it. Why would he commit no. to another rebuild? He already. I hate. I don't understand why you'd even throw that out there. And then so, but I, I get. I can see. I can see Scott Drew, sure. going to going to Indiana. I can see that. Sure. But I don't. I don't know what Archie's buyout is. Uh, like they, if they can, the way I think, if they have, if they lose to Rutgers, which they're the ten seed, Rutgers is the seven, that is going to like. There's no positive. There's nothing positive coming from the Indiana fan base going into next year um, that maybe there's enough pressure that they can, they, 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 they get him out. But are you surprised that he hasn't done well? Like it was it one tournament they made. I like him, man. I think he's a really good coach. He runs good stuff. I, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough. It's a short leash. I know everybody, but like, I think the biggest thing that hurt him of all, obviously like last year, they probably would have made the tournament last year, but having as big as Romeo Langford was that big of a recruit and not really getting anything out of that, uh, a team and that, and he's recruited well, Trace Jackson Davis um, was like a top 30 local guy. Romeo uh, was a top 20, top 10 in a guy from Indiana and they have local talent. He's kept in house. He's done everything that everyone says they want. They just haven't, hasn't, hasn't uh, resulted, but he could say, I mean, if they some if they beat Rutgers and then they somehow like beat Illinois, then I think, yeah, he's actually clear and he makes like a semi big ten semis. But like, I don't know who who would you put your money on out of looking at the bracket? Um, I'm, I'm I mean, going I Illinois, man. I'm sticking with my Illinois guys. I'm sticking with them. Yeah, I can actually see Ohio State getting to the championship. Um, I can see either Ohio State Illinois or Ohio State Iowa. Um, I would actually, I would probably, I, I I'm going to go Illinois Ohio State final and i'm gonna say illinois gets it done um as no, well. ohio state is such an enigma to me i can't figure out if they're good or the whole conferences the whole conference is. i like, like I, yeah i can't figure it I out i can't believe that purdue is the four seed and we have teams like wisconsin like literally at one point we're like is wisconsin the best team in the big 10 like i know it, it's this is where we are last uh what big 12 let's, let's uh, do the big 12 and then yeah we'll, be done because we'll be in pack 12 i no one cares about yeah, nobody cares, and uh, the SEC, who knows. But, okay, we'll end with the Pac-12. This is fascinating, dude. So, um, since 2013, here are the winners. Kansas, Iowa State, Iowa State, Kansas, Iowa State, Kansas, Iowa State. So, here's what we know. Iowa State's not going to win this year. <laughs> Ain't happening, dog. That's not happening. And Baylor, for the love of God, should be the next one up. And, and if it's Kansas, uh, you know. Kansas projected a four. Remember when we were riding off Kansas and all the blue yes. balls? Kansas all projected a four seed now. Yeah. Always finds a way to get it done. I mean, it's Bill Self. And like I said, I mean, four is lower than normal. But I mean, are we surprised at this point? I mean, I don't know where this tournament is exactly happening. Um, 
but actually, and last thing I will, I do want to touch on this will be the last one is uh sec tournament in Nashville, Alabama is the one seed. Yeah. Um, uh, Tennessee, Florida, Arkansas is the two LSU is the three. I can see LSU getting hot and rolling over, getting, you know, Ar- I don't, I don't trust Arkansas for whatever reason. Maybe it's because they didn't play They played the easiest non-conference I've ever seen assembled. Uh, yeah. I don't trust, I don't trust Arkansas. Um, can honestly, like, would you, and now we say this over and over, they have so much talent. Kentucky's the eight seed. They have to play Mississippi state. They have, they, could they, they could beat Alabama and then like be in the semis against a Tennessee team. That's been free falling anyways. Maybe they make like, that would be something really, really cool to see. Uh, well, I don't know. Cool. We're, none of us are really big Kentucky fans here. Yeah, but, no, but it would be wild. It would be wild. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, we've got, I know we, we've got a lot and it's a huge week now. And the next, next time we'll be going so to the we'll next time we record, record Sunday is selection Sunday. No. Yeah. How wild. I can't believe it. We've made it. So the next one is selection Sunday. Wow. That's yeah, pretty big. Time. All right. Um, well, episode 72. Good. Uh, that was, that was solid. We ran through a whole ton of stuff. A lot of topics, a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of juice in college basketball right now. The focus is on all-star games out of the way last night. The focus is on, on uh on college basketball at least for the next next month or so spring yep. training back yeah, it's, it's college be. basketball time so we this is when we thrive college basketball time baby all right we will talk with you guys this sunday until then keep the ball bouncing lately i've been feeling like this is what i've been working towards if you ain't trying to be the boss and tell me what you're working for certain doors are closed but now they opening up celebrating with some shots maybe poke on a cup pull slush rustles up next and i got this crazy like britney and the love so toxic got a wall up i'm trying to infiltrate a conscious taking 12 shots like where the cops is come on